Praise the Lord, church, and welcome to our Wednesday night e-connect. This is something that we just started last week as a part of our e-revival. Wednesday nights is very special because after the message, we invite you just to connect with your friends and for family and relatives, whoever you want to join in, and just to have a great time of discussion after the message is over by going over the principles and the different things that were taught. The outline that you have will also help you, but this is geared toward applying the Word of God so that we're not just hearers of the Word, but we're doers of the Word also. So I know that you'll be blessed by the ministry of Brother Mark Morgan as he brings to us the Word of the Lord from the West Coast, from San Francisco, California area. We love Brother Morgan. We appreciate him, and I know you'll be blessed by the Word of God. So just join your family together. Let's come together as a family. Let's gather around, and let's have a good time in the Word of God tonight, in Jesus' name. I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, and it's an honor again to be back with East Wind Pentecostal Church, I'm sure in beautiful Palm Bay, Florida. Amen. We uh, jokingly say here on the West Coast that the West Coast is the best coast, and I won't tell you what we say about the East Coast, because then it would probably make a lot of you turn to your your computer off or whatever and um anyway so uh but it has something to do with the least coast or something like that but anyway but we are delighted to be with you and uh we give honor to uh pastor myers and what he's doing and the work there and uh we're sure that uh you're seeing some great things happen uh you know god knows how to get it get us out of our comfort zones and get us to where we need to be and so i think that's a little what's going on and uh, of course everybody's talking about this and we're discussing and and uh, people is excited about <clears throat> uh backsliders praying through people coming back to god so uh god in his own wisdom he he knows and he knows what's needed and what's necessary so we thank the lord for that amen it is an honor and a delight to be with you and we appreciate this uh opportunity and hopefully we can make an impact by the word of god and uh, say something tonight in the holy ghost that will move us forward into the things of god I uh, I want to pick up a little bit from Matthew, or, or I want to start at Matthew 25. I want to kind of double back here in just a little bit on uh, some things that I was saying last week about the awakening and the church to awaken. And then, uh, but tonight I want to talk to you from Matthew chapter 25 and verse number one. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil on their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, verse 6 especially, at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. At midnight, there was a cry given, Go ye out to meet him. And uh, I want us to focus tonight a little on the prophetic and what's happening and all. And, of course, our title tonight, uh, we got John the Baptist back here, amen, the friend of the bridegroom, and that's what we're going to minister to you about. What is the friend of the bridegroom and his responsibilities and where are we at with this in the hour that we live, especially right now? So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to minister your word. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the community. We pray, God, that the word of God will do what it is intended to do. 
and that is to stir us, to, to quicken us, God. We ask for these things tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Anoint this session, anoint this. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And everybody, wherever you're at, say amen. All right, I want to, uh, I want to kind of just mention a few things here to you about uh, uh, from the last session that I did with you was about the about us to awaken the North American church in an awakening. And uh, I, I did mention last week when we did this, I mentioned the fact that uh, I used this parable that Jesus gave us uh, as kind of a backdrop or a reference point when I talked about at midnight, at midnight, they all slept and slumbered. And I was talking about the, the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. But at midnight, they all slept and slumbered. And, of course, I believe that uh, Jesus was giving us a little insight into uh, what would be happening at the midnight hour, what would be happening when the bridegroom's coming, that there would be a strong and tremendous spirit of slumber. And uh, I think that that is true. I think it's true around the world in different places, especially in America, that um, perhaps the church may be being influenced or a little, uh, what did Jesus say, don't be intoxicated on the cares of this life. So I think there's a lot of things that can create this and all. But Jesus knew, and he told us about this. He said at midnight, they all slept and slumbered. Five wise, five foolish. I know I keep repeating that, but it's important for us to understand. Now, if you go if you go further into the story here, the parable, of course, Jesus starts talking about uh, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And, of course, uh, the, the writers the, in the epistles talked about, Peter talked about, since your fathers fell asleep, you people been saying that the coming of the Lord is nigh. And we've heard it and heard it and heard it. Now there's scoffers and people that are denying it. They're saying, you know, you people are crazy. You keep talking about this stuff. It's always futuristic. But yet, at the same time, uh, this, this thing that we're talking about the coming of the Lord. Now, I realize you can get into the coming of the Lord and the rapture, and I'm not here to get into a theological debate here tonight. So what I'm talking about, of course, is the rapture of the church and uh, the catching away. But the fact is, is, Jesus gives us this parable. He lets us know that at midnight they all slept and slumbered, five wise, five foolish. Of course, last week when I talked to you, I talked to you about graveyard soldiers. In this parable, Jesus talked about they all had lamps and wicks, but yet some had oil in their lamps and others didn't. So some uh, had a form, some had the the look, but they didn't have what was necessary on the inside. And so uh, Paul, writing to Timothy, said that they'd have a form of godliness, but denying the power therein. So it's important for us to understand what we're facing, what we're fighting. I, it's everywhere. I mean, you know, I don't want to just, you know, it's not just a Palm Bay problem or a San Francisco problem, but it's everywhere, the spirit of slumber that tries to grip the church and tries to lure and tries to cause us to slumber. Now, when he comes into this and he starts, he, then he makes this statement. He said, they all went out to meet him. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Now, this is what I want to focus on. I know that there's a, uh, a lot of teaching and preaching on the, the customs of the wedding and all. It's my understanding and my study that uh, the one that would give the cry, of course, had to be close enough 
to the bridegroom to know that this is the moment, this is the hour, that this is going to happen. We're ready to go into the celebration, the ceremonies and stuff. So this person, whoever this is that gives the cry, uh, was close enough to the bridegroom to know. He's on his way. There's something that's happening. This, this is actually a reality beginning to take place. And so it's somebody that was very close. Now, if you remember that, I want to go to John chapter 3, verse number 29. Of course, this is John the Baptist in some discourse here, uh, talking about John the Baptist. He talks about in verse number 29, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore... This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. John said it. He must increase, but I must de- decrease. Now, I want you to notice how he puts this. He said, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Because of the bridegroom's voice. Now, we could get into uh, the theological terms of the Logos versus the Rima. And all, but I want to focus mainly on the fact that he said he knows his voice. Now, I'm a strong component and believer. Everything that God speaks to us, the voice of God, any revelation that comes from God, has to be able to be uh, found in the Scripture, the Word of God, uh, the Bible. Uh, I strongly believe that. I think it's important for us to understand that it's a time for us to kind of tune everything else out and to, 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 to adopt or to develop an ear to hear what the Spirit is really trying to say, to get close enough to God to hear what he's trying to say. Now, I want to kind of go into this tonight uh, from a different perspective and all because I want to talk about the friend of the bridegroom. Now, of course, John the Baptist, Jesus said there was not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, and he refers to him. But then, uh, so when we talk about the friend of the bridegroom tonight, I want to I want to kind of talk some about the prophetic and some about uh, the the what I see as the an awakening to the prophetic. Uh, last week, I think it was, I, I believe that I mentioned about a dream that I had about uh, uh, Brother uh, Bean in a chair, a rocking chair, and this bed uh, where the man was laying, and he was trying to awaken him. So we are in a, in a time of spiritual awakening, but I think we also need to be able to identify some of the things that are being awakened among us. Now, I realize when you get into the prophetic, uh, Brother Tenney used to say, you know, not far from the pathetic to the prophetic and not far from glory to goofy and all. So uh, I, I, I want to get into it and I want to talk about it a little bit tonight on a larger scale. Uh, I mentioned to some of the men that are here, I mentioned to them a while ago that, uh, you know, a lot of what we see as far as the realm of prophecy is concerned is a lot of one-on-one stuff. You know, I, I, the Lord's going to do this for you. The Lord's going to say this to you and all this stuff and all. But I think that there's something about this parable and there's something about what John the Baptist was saying to us is, and I, want, I again, want to be careful with this. I know Jesus said, no man knows the day nor the hour. But the fact is, I think that we will understand the season, the season. The scripture tells us that there's nothing secret. God said there's nothing secret that I want to keep from you. I want to reveal all these things to you. And so I do believe that there's nobody that knows the exact day or hour that the rapture is going to take place or even the second coming. But the deal is uh, the season of it. 
according to these parables and according to these illustrations, it was the friend of the bridegroom who was close enough to the bridegroom to know when he said, okay, it's time. Uh, I've, I've been away long enough. I've prepared what I need to prepare. It's ready now. I need you to go sound the alarm. I need you to go tell them that I'm coming and uh, warn them I'm on my way. This is the parable that we're given here. So I think that as we move closer into the season, now, I don't know how long the season is. I really don't. I don't know uh, how long this thing's going to last. Four years ago, almost, when the Lord specifically spoke to me about a space of grace. I'm going to give America... A space of grace, and in that space of grace is to fulfill my purpose. Then I, I talk when I talk about this. I also talk about what Brother Barnes said. The purpose of the North American Church is number one to be able to finance global missions. So if if our finances are going to completely be destroyed then how are we going to finance global missions and about these prophecy that has been given? So I think that we are seeing a bump, and I think that we're seeing some things that may cause concern. But if the church is caught up out of here, then I can see the whole thing collapsing. But until then, unless God has a better plan or another way, it takes finances to be able to move the gospel. And so I believe that we're going to see... After all this, we're going to see a time that that we move into understanding the true fulfillment of this. Again, that we are to propagate the gospel, to send missionaries into the world. Number two, to befriend and to protect Israel. And number three, for God to give America a military power that's strong enough to stop men and nations that are full of the Antichrist before it's time. Now, when we talk about the Antichrist, uh, we're talking about globalization. We're talking about a one-world system. We see all of that on the horizon. All this stuff that's happening is a step closer. Brother Ewing used to make the statement, and I haven't forgotten it, he would say, you know, God gives you signs. It's not the actual object of it, but he gives you signs. It's pointing toward the object. It's pointing toward this. So Jesus talked about all these signs that would be signs of his second coming. And then, of course, these things that are happening right now are signs, I believe, to the church to express to us, you know, this this really, this object, this thing's about to happen. Of course, personally, I believe that we're going to be caught up out of here. The church will be caught up out of here uh, before the tribulation. I know others teach different and believe different and all. Uh, I preached to the church the other day and, and talked to the church about uh, the story of uh, Enoch before Abraham or before Noah. Noah was a part of the first judgment of God against the world. God destroyed the world with water, and so. But prior to that is a man by the name of Enoch, which had a testimony that he pleased God and God took him. So the rapture is not a new thing. Uh, Enoch, I believe, was raptured. I believe the prophet Elijah was raptured. So the rapture is not a new thing that all of a sudden is going to happen. This you know this coming of the Lord the twinkling of an eye, but it's already happened. But the principle is established. The law of first mention is established that Enoch had a testimony that he pleased God and God took him. And then the next thing that happens is the world goes into a judgment. So I believe personally that Enoch is always before Noah, before world destruction or judgment. So the deal is, I believe that we're going to be caught up. Those that have the testimony that they please God are going to be caught up. So that's my own personal belief. The fact is all 
these things are signs pointing toward that. But what I really want to get across tonight is I don't think that God really wants just to surprise us with this, but I believe that the friend of the bridegroom, his responsibility is to be close enough to hear the voice of God and to sound the alarm that you're here. This is the moment. You're in the season. This thing's getting ready to take place. I really believe that that's happening right now and that God is going to awaken. Now, a part of what I sense that God is awakening is uh, in the realm of the prophetic or the prophetic. Again, I know it's been around. I've seen it abused. I've seen it misused. Uh, I've seen a lot of things about it. But what I'm talking about is not just more of the one-on-one. Again, I was discussing some of this with some of the guys, and I made this statement. I said, there's different levels of the prophetic. Preaching is under the prophetic, and there's dimensions and levels of the prophetic. But the deal is, what I'm talking about is, is where God begins to speak and people hear his voice, and there'll be a, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There'll be a, a, a real surge of prophets in the prophetic that come on the scene. Uh, the world needs to hear it. I, I really do believe the world needs to hear it. Now, in this, uh, we're, we're, we're going to see things. I believe that Moses was a prophet that went before Pharaoh, and we see all these things. God was telling him this, this, and this. I see situations like that beginning to develop and that there will be uh, a double portion that God's going to raise up young men, women uh, that are going to move into this realm. Uh, There's others that have been involved in it, but it's going to increase. It's going to greatly increase to the place to where that we're going to see God speaking to those that develop to hear his voice. Um, You know, I remember somebody told me years ago that loneliness is a gift and that sometimes God has to separate you from a crowd. He has to get you away from everybody and everything in order to speak some things to you. So I think a lot of this stuff, you know, well, I'm, I'm kind of bored and I'm kind of lonely. I think that God is trying to position us to where we can seek him and hear his voice. You need a word from God for your family. You need a word for God for your situation. You need, uh, you know, we're always waiting on somebody else to come prophesy to us. Uh, now, this is almost going to sound like I'm contradicting what I'm teaching and preaching on here tonight. But I can remember years ago a situation that happened where a man called me and gave me a word and all the stuff and on. It was just really kind of crazy, and, and it was just uh, totally different than all this stuff. Of course, you know, he had been considered to be a prophet and that God had greatly used and all. And so it just really disturbed me. It was a life altering thing. And so I, uh, I can remember I asked my wife about it. She picked me up. I was down at the church. She picked me up and she said, uh, well, that's funny. Uh, you know, the word of the Lord was, is that, uh, God's through with you there. You need to leave. God's going to write Ichabod on the door of the church. You got 30 days to get out of town. So I mentioned it to Sister Morgan, who is the practical one. And she said, I don't understand that. Sunday night you were preaching about God giving a revival. And she said, there's anointing there. And she said, God was speaking to us. Why did God change his mind in just a few hours? So I went and called an elder of mine. That's what the recommendation was from her. You need to call an elder. So I called an elder of mine. And I said, look, uh, this is what happened. I explained it to him. And I can still hear his words when he said, Mark, are you backslid? And, and jokingly, I said, well, not today. I, I think I pray through really good today. I said, now, most of the days I may be a little backslid. He said, well, here's what I want to ask you. Why does God always have to put your mail in somebody else's mailbox? Why can't God speak to you 
Why can't God tell you something instead of somebody else having to tell you? He said, are you that far from God? So I think a lot of this this time that we're kind of being separated from a lot of things, I really do believe it's a time that God wants to speak to us. It's not only a time that God wants to speak to us individually and his families and churches, but it's also moving uh, men and ministries with the momentum that's taking place right now in our world. It's moving men into uh, prophetic offices, and that's a part of the fivefold ministry. I make no apology for that. It is a part of the fivefold ministry. I understand the difference between foundation prophets and ascension prophets and all that but there is still a call right now and god's going to move men and women into this realm of the prophetic to where they operate uh several years ago and i've told this story all over the world but several years ago uh a woman sister gwen porsche uh spoke to me about a vision that god had given her and in the vision, she talked about seeing a table, and at that table, on one side was a group of preachers and ministers. She recognized two or three and named them. And then she said, sitting across from them was the Antichrist, and it looked like a part of his cabinet and high-ranking officials, a part of that. And she said, uh, the Antichrist and them were very confident, very assured, very smug. And she said, the preachers were a little dazed, a little alarmed. They wasn't quite sure, you know. And she said, all of a sudden, I seen the hand of God come out of the heavens and said when it did it put some papers down in front of these these preachers and they picked it up and she said I was allowed to see that it was a strategy it was like a military strategy and when they began to read it she said there was a confidence that came to them and that there was an assurance that came to them well I can tell you right now that the spirit of the antichrist is alive and well it's alive and well right now and we're battling against the spirit of the antichrist but God never intended to leave us battling against the spirit of the Antichrist, which has been since the early church. John said already the spirit of the Antichrist doth work. But God never intended for us to be left here without giving us a strategy, without giving us a plan of action. I believe that comes through. Of course, I do believe a lot comes through the word of God, but I also believe in this end time, we're going to see a strong leaning on the wisdom of God coming through the prophetic in order to guide us and to navigate through the things that we're facing and through what's ahead of us as the church of the living God. So again, this friend of the bridegroom, I think it's people in and all that are close enough to his voice, that are close enough to him, that God is God's going to raise them up. Uh, he's raising them up right now. There's going to be a great revival of this. I mean, every time, don't you think about this, every time that there's been something major that was getting ready to happen. Let me give you an example. The first time G, the, the Messiah came, of course, uh, we talk about 400 years of silence. And so, well, in 400 years of silence, I understand God did not speak to Israel collectively, but yet when I get to the New Testament, I've got Simeon, I've got Anna, I've got a prophetess, I've got these that God has spoken to. So the prophetic was working to a degree, but all of a sudden when the Messiah is moving and there's something that's happening and there's this shift, this spiritual shift, and the Messiah is coming, all of a sudden all this stuff, it picks up. 
uh, it ramps up. And next thing you know, there's angels that are proclaiming and there's the spirit of the prophetic that begins to speak and all. So I believe as we get closer to the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church, all of this, I believe that we're going to see the same thing happens. I thank God for every prophet, every prophetess that's out there. I really do. But the fact is, is I see something that's beginning to happen. Thank God for every word that he's given them. But something is beginning to happen, and God is going to find those and develop those that are going to have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying. Of course, I could talk about what the Spirit's saying, but in the Old Testament, they were called seers. Prophets were called seers. God allowed them to see things. Now, I've always believed this, and and all we talk about the veil of the temple, and we talk about uh, the three components to the tabernacle, holy place, holy of holy, or the outer court, holy place, holy of holies. I've always said that the holy of holies, there's no natural of light, there's no natural light there. Everything there is illuminated by the glory of God. But you've got to get past the veil. And, of course, the Scripture teaches us it's the veil of the flesh. We can operate in the outer court, which is total repentance and always the altar that's there. And we can even operate in the holy place where there's candlesticks and there's a shoe bread and all this is necessary. But, but there's natural light and there's spiritual light that's there. So to me, that kind of, we vasculate back and forth to what we see, what we hear, natural things, and then by the candlesticks. But the Holy of Holies is a completely diff- different place. It's transcending past my flesh and past time. Uh, you know, I've, I've used this illustration. I don't want to bore you with it, but I've used this illustration about, you know, uh, one shot at the rapture, that's not a fair deal. And finally one day I said, Lord, you know, it would be great if we had several raptures that we could kind of practice and make sure we're ready to go. But then it's like the Lord said, every day of your life, I give you a shot at the rapture. And he began to show me the rapture that we call the rapture is the transcending from time into eternity. There's, there's a veil of the flesh here that we transcend past. And so he said, now the difference is, is every day of your life, I give you the ability to go past your flesh. Now, old timers used to say it like this. They used to say, you need to pray through. Everything to them was pray through. I mean, if you had marital problems, pray through. If you had financial problems, pray through. If you're going through something, you just need to pray through. But they understood that going past the veil of the flesh, past our own understanding, past the things that we hear naturally, going past that into the holy of holies, past the veil of the flesh, was moving us into the realm of the eternal You know, uh, to me, everything in that holy of holies is perfectly still. It is perfectly still. There's no movement because it's eternal. And so when we, we, when the high priest would go in there and as we go in, I believe it's there that God allows us. This is how I see the prophetic working. I believe it's there that God allows us to see things that already are to see things that it's already done in order for us when we transcend back into time and we go back into what we would call the natural, that we can speak these things that are not as though they are because God has revealed them to us. So that's why we can emphatically say that these things are going to happen because the Spirit wants to take us and move us into that realm to reveal these things to us and to share these things with us. It's then that we speak these things. You know, that's that's the battle on that. That's the trouble right there is, is once you begin to speak it, there's a lot of people. They didn't see what you see. 
they didn't hear what you heard. And so it's kind of like, you know, some of them want to debate. I think if, I, if my memory serves me correct, after Elisha comes back across to the school of the prophets, they kind of said, boy, some kind of dust storm over there that just happened. But it all depends on which side of Jordan that you're living on. If you live on the carnal, fleshly side of Jordan, everything about the things of God is just a dust storm. It's confusion. You don't understand it. But if you're on the other side of Jordan with the prophets, it's a completely different thing. You see things. You see the horsemen of Israel, the fiery chariots. Those are the things that you see. You see the rapture of a man. You see these things that are happening. So I hear the Spirit speaking to us. I hear it telling the friend of the bridegroom, listen, this thing is getting ready to happen. I need you to speak it. I need you to declare it. And, and I pray that what we find is, is we find everybody wise that has enough oil that understands that this is really going to happen. I know sometimes it's kind of far-fetched and it kind of, you know, like we were talking about it earlier even. You know, this whole thing is kind of coming around here. We've heard this talked about for years. We've heard it preached about for years. But we're beginning to see the signs and there's something that's stirring. So my point here tonight is that we're going to see a revival of what I believe is the prophetic. We're going to begin to hear God is going to speak to the friend of the bridegroom and to warn us and to let us know the hour is here, the time is here, this is what the bridegroom's doing, this is what's going to take place. So let's prepare, let's get ready. I really believe that the coming of the Lord, now when I say that, I'm not putting any time frame on it. Somebody said, you know, you, 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 you prepare like he's not coming for a hundred years, but you live like he's coming today. But I do believe with all these things that are shaping up right now, that God's not going to leave us in the dark. That's what I'm really trying to say. God is not going to leave us in the dark with this to where we don't have any insight or illumination. And God is light. He wants to reveal these things to us. And so I think that God's going to speak. I think that the season is coming. How long that season is, I don't know. But the season is upon us. There's a rapture about to take place. There's a marriage supper about to take place. And so let us open our ear to hear that God has his friends, his best men that he's going to speak to, and they are going to give a cry. And when that cry is made, we all need to go out to meet him. Go out as a wise one. Go out with your lamps trimmed. Go out with plenty of oil because the coming of the Lord is upon us. If you're away from God, I encourage you right now. As a friend of the bridegroom, I encourage you right now. No man knows the day or the hour, but you don't know the day of your death. You don't know when the trumpet's going to sound. So there's just a lot of factors involved in all this. But the sound of it's being heard. God is beginning to speak to us. There's a prophetic stirring. We're going to see these things. And so you know what? The closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more I believe the prophetic's going to operate and the cry is going to be given. So let us be prepared. I encourage you to be prepared. I encourage you in your homes to be prepared. Let God come in and speak to all of us. This is the season that we're in. It's a season to tune everything else out and to allow God to speak very clearly to us and to give us the wisdom as we sit at the table. I believe God wants to put a strategy for your situation, a strategy for your church, your ministry. I believe God wants to put that in front of you. Develop that ear to hear. Allow him to take you into that realm to show you these things. And if you will, I promise you, he's not going to keep this thing a secret from you. He will reveal it to you and let you see it and let you hear it. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for allowing me again to speak into your lives and to speak to the church. Again, I give honor to Brother Myers 
for what he's doing and all that stuff and all. And I know my nephew's down there kind of helping out right now. So I'll be praying especially for all of you for that. Amen. And uh, anyway, but God bless you. Thank you. And let us seek God in this time and this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everyone. What an amazing e-connect that we just had. And now we are asking that everybody takes time for themselves and applies this word through discussion. Just as we have made it very important and stressed the importance of us applying the word through prayer. And of course, we still want you to do that. We are now asking that everyone takes time with your family. If you don't have your family with you, maybe call a friend, call somebody in the church, text somebody, and let's all apply this word now through discussion. In just a few moments, there's going to be some questions pop up on the screen. And those questions are exactly what we want you to to discuss about tonight's session. And we are looking forward to hearing all of the great reports about our eConnect. Lord bless.